So today I have on the podcast, Mary Rodwell. She's an expert for, uh, or a therapist for people who've had paranormal experiences that they're dealing with. And she's been doing it for, I think, many years and has written a couple of books. And I'm very happy to have her on the podcast. Hello, Mary. Hello, Justin. Lovely to speak with you. Yeah, lovely to speak with you. And uh, I guess we can get right to it. How did you get into this field? Um, were you actually, did you actually have experiences that were paranormal that um, made you kind of wonder what's going on in reality? Well, it's a bit of a journey because I started out as a nurse and a midwife. Um, and from that, I became a professional counsellor. So I was working with all sorts of issues, family issues, relationship issues in a medical practice. Um, from that, when I migrated to Australia, I did grief and bereavement, helping people in hospice. And they would often have unusual experiences, I might add. Um, and I started to look into more unusual experiences experiences because um, you know there are all sorts of people they may lose someone and still feel their presence around them and this kind of thing and say well my dad talks to me or this kind of thing so I was very interested in you know life after death you know what actually happens as part of my research I looked into reincarnation I looked into all those things but what was unusual about where I, I am now is with people that had what you know more spiritual experiences seeing spirits um you know ghost spirits um people who did energy work healing this kind of thing you know seeing strange things i went from that to a gentleman that came to uh, came to me because he heard i was open-minded and he said for this nobody there's no support groups for this they just think you're crazy and he said I'm having experiences where I wake up with marks on my body, shaved areas. Um, my partner is also having experiences and the children are also having experiences. And she, he said, the relatives won't come to the house because they think it's demons and that, you know, they're scared. Can you help? And basically that was my beginning of seeing if I could help. Unfortunately, I'd read a couple of books prior to that because I'm one of these bookworms if it's weird and wonderful I've got a book on it and there were two books that I came across prior to this and one was by Dr John Mack abduction human encounters with aliens and he was a Harvard professor of psychiatry and he had explored this experience with numerous people that had these these encounters wrote that book and another one um, he wrote after that um, and what he discovered was he believed their experiences. He thought they were profound and was, you know, continued, you know, as I say, he wrote two books. Also, I read a book by Whitley Strieber called Communion, which is very common, um, a very classic book mm -hmm. with the alien face on it. Scares lots of people when they see the face, usually because they may have had experiences. But I'd read the experience of book and I read a book from a professional psychiatrist that was saying he'd done all the psychological testing and he was convinced this was a reality. And so between those two books, I then started to explore how could I help this gentleman? And part of it is listening. Part of them is, is listening without judgment and them actually just saying, this is how it is for me. It was pretty clear it wasn't a hallucination because otherwise his wife and his children wouldn't be having experiences as well, you, you know, unless it's a, a kind of joint fantasy. So that was very compelling. And literally within two weeks, another person came through my door saying they were having experiences. And it sort of just blossomed into, I've worked with over three and a half thousand families and children with encounters. So this is no longer rare for me anyway. I, every day, I, you know, I have new emails every day. Well, three and a half thousand, you said? Yes. Three? Wow, that's a lot. Uh, it is. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so um, I'm guessing that you, it was part of your own, so this person came to you and then afterwards it, it, it opened a door where you began to take it a bit more seriously and, and then you attracted more people because you were so open-minded. Um, but uh, what point did you become like 
that this is really happening? I mean, like in the beginning, you're probably a bit skeptical also, or, you know, what was the turning point for you? It's um, that this is um, paranormal and, and, and it's, and it has to do with uh, extraterrestrials, I guess that's yes. the, right. Yes. Well, non-human intelligence, as I say, because that covers a broad spectrum of interactions. Some of them are very spirit-like. They might be energy beings or light beings, which are not physical. So it's not just physical in, you know, beings. We're having the non-physical that sometimes can be misinterpreted. You know, someone might see an angelic being or call it an angelic being, while someone else will say a light being, depending on their belief system or whatever. Well, the, the thing that was compelling is I noticed in other countries there was support particularly in the US, there was Dr. John Mack, um, his organization called PEER. Um, so here's a, you know, a professor of psychiatry organizing support for people having experiences. There was another organization at the time, ASSET, which was also professional supporting people with these experiences. So what it was saying to me is this is being taken seriously. You know, um, th there was no question about whether or not they were fantasizing. And what was interesting to me and gave it even more tangibility was the people themselves. They didn't, you know, they didn't, talk, they know that they say, I know this sounds crazy, <laughs> you know, and, but this is how it is for me. And this is how it is in my life. And this is, you know, marks on the body, shaved areas, finding yourself outside when the doors are locked, sometimes finding yourself waking up with no night clothes on, for example. You know, a lot of these were very, very tangible, physical uh, signs that somebody was having an experience. When did that point get to where I believe them? I think part of me accepted their reality almost, although I still didn't know very much, I had to allow because I didn't know doesn't mean it didn't exist. So I was open to, well, you know, if more come like this, having similar experiences, then this makes it pretty credible, you know? And, I, you know, I, I met a, a social worker who was having experiences, mm -hmm. who also questioned her sanity and, and whatever. Um, but the, the bottom line was, was the sincerity and the integrity of those coming to me. And as a counselor, you're very good at, at working out if someone's coming from that space or whether or not they really need that yes. they've got some kind of illness. Mm. You're very good at knowing the difference. There's a, there's a, there was a th authenticity and uh, truth. And, I, and I've had, I've talked to people who had also traumatic experiences and um, also very good experiences with uh, non-human intelligence. Uh, let's just say that. Um, and what seems to be happening often is the individuals experiencing as, as well as of course, creating the experience too. So how they interpret it, I'm guessing, um, in your, would you confirm that, that um, for, it could be because it's just a foreign intelligence, so non-human-like often with an awareness of consciousness that we do not currently have this moment, that no matter what it does, it's gonna appear to some people as being invasive, as being uh, non-loving, because I think, is it, I'm wondering like extreme sh acts of loving or <laughs> showing kindness and love on that side is basically too much for humans, uh, perhaps too, um, how do you say, it, it, it comes into our, our field too abruptly. And that will always, I, I've had an experience where um, it was in the night, I was just laying down and was, my son was in the bed next to me and we were just dozed off in his bed. and. And during the night I woke up and I saw two light beings, like I guess I would say. And uh, I was not, you know, happy to see that. I was, I was quite afraid of that. Um, afterwards, I realized, okay, um, you know, I was interpreting that situation. There were, it was just an immense feeling of, you know, electrical pulling towards them. And it scared me. And I, so I kind of saw, see how that can be interpreted either way, but, uh, I'm just wondering if like, if, if these beings are from a higher intelligence and understanding of oneness 
from the get-go, they wouldn't necessarily have a reason to harm us, correct? Or in that that's more of a, yeah. I think initially it was because, you know, some of them coming to me were scared because they didn't know what was going on. They didn't know why them. As you say, if you don't know what the agenda is for that intelligence that's taking you on board craft or whatever as well, and because many of them, you know, find they can't move, which is scary. It's only as they progress through their understanding of their experiences, it changes. Hmm. And they start to realize that the less fear they have, the more that they are willing to interact and communicate with these beings, the more understanding they have of their connection to them. Hmm. And, and that's what shifts. And that was why I wrote Awakening, how it transforms that, you know, your life, because ultimately what it does is activate something in individuals to a greater reality, a greater understanding of who they are as a soul. Mm. And, you know, often they discover that some of the intelligences that are interacting with them, they've been one of them, <laughs> but, mm. you know, their star origin has been from that particular place and they'll say, well, I, I sense I'm from the Pleiades or Andromeda or, or Taurus or something or other because they're connecting on a soul level to these intelligences and realizing there's been uh, some kind of consent. And I would often ask in hypnosis when they're seeing themselves on a craft and I they might see beings around them and I'll say, do you recognize any of the beings? And they'll say, yes, this one's familiar. And that means that they've been picking them up for a while. And then I will say, have you on any level consented to this interaction? And they usually say yes, before I came here. So mm -hmm. it was a soul contract. And there's a trade between what they're doing here and their interactions. And, and the trade is often um, giving them new information, new awareness, heightened sensibilities. They may find they have healing abilities. They may find themselves changing the way they look at life, particularly their philosophy, that, you know, more holistic, losing interest um, in materialistic values. And what we discovered when we, because um, I'm part of the Dr. Edgar Mitchell Free Foundation, where we did a survey of 4,300 people globally. And what we discovered was once people get past that fear place, almost like a shamanic wake up call, um, we get, get to a point where 85% noticed a psycho-spiritual transformation. That in itself tells you that this is ultimately, as far as I'm concerned, you know, telling you a lot about the agenda of these intelligences mm -hmm. because you know, a lot say, oh, they're coming to take over and they're going to do this and they're going to do it. Well, why would you bother to activate and awaken someone to a greater understanding of connection to the cosmos and to each other just mm. to take them out as some kind of cosmic fodder? Doesn't really, doesn't really compute, does it? No, no, it's the old way of thinking. It's definitely from, you know, Hollywood or uh, science yeah. fiction ideas that they didn't, they didn't seem to consider the idea that we could not, they were always here. It's just a perceptual thing, obviously. Like the more somebody's shifting their vibration, the more they're going to perceive in the reality. And of course, it means beings of a higher consciousness. And if you're in a lower consciousness, you're going to get beings of a lower consciousness. It's just, you know, vibrational waves is one explanation that I, I've come to agree with. I think that um, um, the everything is here and it's our perception that allows us to see more and more of what's just here. And these beings are always there. You know, it's just, uh, um, I think they're often often more aware of non-physical, the non-physical nature of reality. And they understand that they're not the body, <laughs> for example, yeah. you know, and this, this understanding is they, they, I've, Bashar has said this, uh, you're, obviously you're familiar with Bashar, the channel being that Janko, he, he says, uh, they, they often, and then maybe you can confirm this in these encounters, they often, the, the extraterrestrial being says i am you as one of the first um messages is that is that actually true well yes when we look at it from a soul perspective it changes everything it's there's no longer an us and them 
But what a lot of people don't realize, there are many forms of these intelligences that will come in different ways depending on your awareness and your activation and openness to that. So we've got the, you know, the very physical ones, we've got the interdimensional, uh, inter, uh, extra-dimensional, the trans-dimensional. We even have some that are coming from our future. So, uh, and, and possibly even more than I So the way that I look at it is, depending on your perception, your awareness, your understanding depends on how you are going to interact with them, what different forms of intelligence they're likely to be depends on your if you're very religious you may see more of what we call the conventional ones like you know jesus and mary and angels and you know this kind of thing others may see ascended masters you know the celestial realms or whatever so it depends on our interpretation of what we are ready to accept in terms of like you know people meet their spirit guides and they may be a mantis being or their spirit guide may be a blue being with black eyes. Um, and that can be interesting to see someone connect to that and say, oh, they're not looking human or whatever. That's okay, because think of the cosmos and think of the, the you know, countless intelligences out there in all sorts of different forms. And what's interesting for me is that because I've you know, worked in this field for 25 years, you know, I have people um, drawing all sorts of incredible forms that they're interacting with that take you right away from the standard that everybody thinks is the only type which is the little greys eaters and what have you um, but what we found in our surveys that before that people will see the very the most people see our energy beings and then humanoids then zetas and then of course there's all the other ones the crystalline beings the lion feline beings you know, the whole range of different forms, bird-like beings, I mean, you name it, there seems to be all of this. But the, the fascinating thing is that in mainstream, you don't hear this. There's still just the little greys and, that, you know, the odd humanoid, <laughs> you know, and that's yeah. it. That's, um, I wonder if like the, the like Earth is such a, a there's a, such a bountiful number of various life forms and I've, I've kind of wondered when I hear about these different races it seems like there's always like a counterpart of an animal or an insect some sort of animal that we've interacted with on this plane that has its representative in another plane as well uh which is the, the Lyrians seem to be kind of lion-esque kind of beings I've heard and and I, I think that's a very interesting uh concept that We've actually been kind of trained already to deal with them, but obviously we've come from a space over above these beings because we're we have this understanding of our our self self awareness that these other animals don't seem to have, but they do seem to have some sort of representative that does have that self awareness on the evolutionary scale of things. Uh, that and maybe it's also just to kind of from if we think of it as like a reflection of sorts reality is fractals going up and up it's just uh there's always going to be in the in the in in the small is always the large as well it's always the completeness of the the universe and then and every little particle every little thing has its you know and i think that's that's why it goes up and down um maybe but the the, the idea of the gray beings the, the the they're supposed to be our our future selves i've heard from many many accounts and it's it's they're kind of they went down a path that was detrimental to their existence they lost their connection to the heart you know there's a nice what means nice but a, there's a there's something we can learn from that story even if we don't believe it it's it sounds like we're we were going that way quite a lot you know more technology not caring about the environment or each other you know not really cooperating more uh, you know, a competitive kind of understanding. And I think that that's kind of nice to think that our future selves came back and, but they have their own agenda too, right? That's, that's the, the idea of the hybrid program. Maybe you can talk about that. What is, what, what is your, what is the agenda there? <laughs> well, that's a good one. But, you know, when people, um, there are some that say, oh, they're, you know, they're hybridizing us because they want to take over the planet. And I, find that very amusing because I said we're already hybrids 
the fact was that we were created, I believe, by some of these intelligences right early on in our history, because we went from Cro-Magnon and Neanderthal man, there was a missing link, and then Homo sapiens, sapiens appeared with twice the brain size, and 223 genes that were a sideways insertion of genetic material, which, you know, um, also, there are many um, uh, molecular biologists that have admitted that they see where we've been spliced and put back together again. So really? who created us? Oh, um, Dr. Francis Crick was one of them. He, he, oh, he, saw, he said that. Okay. He said that. In oh, wow. He was aware that we were intelligently designed. He said, there's no way that could have happened by chance. Wow. And he very, very clear about that. Did, did he die early? I think, was Crick the one that lived longer? I can't remember, the, the was it Watson Crick? I because yeah. they were both obviously, you know, they, they won the Nobel Prize right. in terms of this, but mm. he was very clear that there was no way the can, how we were in terms of put together in terms of our genetic makeup, there was mm. no way that could have been an accident as far as he was concerned. Wow. So, you know, I, I, I went into the DNA quite, uh, quite deeply because of mm. my background. And I also know that it's important for people to realize the tangibility of this. This is not, you know, something that's, you know, airy fairy. It's, it's very, very down to earth. Mm. And what was interesting was when, um, who is it that has hybridized us? Well, they reckon at least 12 different species have had an input into Homo sapiens sapiens. And what we see is, of course, in mythology, all the gods that have visited this planet. Well, they were called gods because they had the technology. They were able to do things the average person couldn't, so they were seen as gods. But ultimately, in a more modern framework, it's pretty obvious what they were. They were visitors from various star systems that already had traveled here and were seen as gods. And they were very much involved in genetic alterations. And they've been doing that, I believe, all through history um, mm. and connecting with us and still are, even though some still see them as gods. They were extraterrestrial beings that were. What's interesting with that is so many of my uh, those that come to me, I'll tell you very briefly of an eight year old that was very keen to talk to me. I had been speaking with her mum and she was explaining an experience she had two nights previously. And she said, Mary, it was so exciting because they took me up on a spacecraft to a planet and they showed me how to levitate and how to use my abilities. And she said, and then they showed me genetic engineering. She said how they were moving and uh, creating species to seed other planets, not just in this universe, but in other universes. So she's very clear, she was really excited about it, that mm -hmm. she'd actually seen that. So here is an eight-year-old quite spontaneously explaining that she's seeing these beings doing this. And one of the most interesting things about the mantis beings is they're apparently master geneticists. So that they are particularly involved in timelines, but also genetics. Mm -hmm. So here we have, you know, more understanding that there are at least it appears 12 different types of DNA of star beings in our DNA. So yes, we're hybrids. So all this business about, you know, the hybrids are coming to get, well, we've already taken over the planet actually. Um, and we're called humans, you know, um, but there are different levels to hybridization that's come to come out more um, obviously. And that seems to be that some have been taken at the point of conception and have uh, found out that their mother had extra DNA from a particular um, species, whether it's, you know, um, Pleiadian or whatever. Mm. So they manifest more of the differences, the extraterrestrial differences rather than human. And this is what a lot of connecting to now mm. this, this they'll say, I just feel I'm Pleiadian or I'll just feel I'm from Arcturus or whatever because of that extra DNA from that particular star system. Okay, and the, and the and geneticists who are actually looking into this, I don't know how many are taking this seriously, but those that, are they finding what people would call 
proof in the DNA itself uh, that there, this, I, I'm, I'm gonna, I think that the, the issue we have with gen genetics and DNA is that it's, I think it's not just the pieces, it's the whole thing too. It's like, you can't just separate from the code and say, this is, you know, for that and that only, but it's also the connection that's important. I think that that's what, um, um, but it'd be interesting if there, there are some developments on that on, on the scientific front. I would love, and it's something I've been very keen to look uh, get a chance to look into, but at the moment, I think there are markers, but I don't think we're told about them. Okay, they know um, about this. Okay. I think they do. And oh. I've had whistleblowers mention this, that they have found certain markers that suggest more interference by these, these particular um, you know, intelligences or whatever. Mm. Um, but, and I don't necessarily think it's very hard to find, but I've had um, a few people that have had, you know, the experience and known a molecular biologist or whatever, and um, I remember one lady saying that he got really scared looking at my DNA and wouldn't tell me what it was that they saw. So I don't know if it's that, that hard to see it, but we don't know what we're looking for. We don't know what to ask if we had someone with their blood looked at, what to say, what would there be in there that would highlight the fact that they are one of these um, you know, hybrids that we're talking about mm. and what have you, but I think it will come out. It's one of these things that's part of the truth embargo, isn't it? Yeah. There's so much we're not being told that the governments behind the scenes know about. Mm. And it's frustrating because it would be really useful to have more of a tangibility with that, mm. especially with people that are still questioning this reality. I, I mean, I, I think there's several, so the degree to which governments are, um, I mean, withholding information, there's probably a, a lot of that happening. <clears throat> From a consciousness level, it seems like I've interacted with a lot of channelers and it seems that the channel material is for me the best, how do you say, source of information at the moment about what the agenda is of these extraterrestrials. Um, I've, I've just been convinced by the, the authenticity of most of it that, that, that I've dealt with. It's just like, it confirms itself over and over and there's reasons why things take time. and. I think that why governments are, you know, um, from their nature, kind of not interested in, 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 in spreading the word, so to say, but at the same time, that encourages us to go inwards also and find the truth in ourselves, which is perhaps the ultimate lesson that we're, we're here to do. And it's like, uh, and that's what the extraterrestrials, I think, know this, that if, you know, if they come landing on the White House lawn at the moment, you know, that would shock a lot of people. I've heard about this timeline idea from Bashar that there was a timeline where John F. Kennedy um, told the world about the, the extraterrestrials and the world destroyed itself uh, or was going in that direction. So it was actually, um, and he was of course assassinated and that, that's the timeline we're on, um, but it postponed the revelation because humans are not ready necessarily. That's the other question I, you know, it's, it's obviously in some sense for us, uh, even the people we think are, you know, against us, or it seems like they're, they have to be acting from the greater consciousness, which is overall everything, you know, everything is being, you know, moved in specific ways and to serve each other. And I think that, um, although it's, you know, um, I know, interesting enough, I, I, I was watching just like the, um, uh, just before we started, uh, there's a German show called, uh, channel called ZDF, and they did a, a documentary on you and, and your son. Did you remember this? I don't know how long ago this was. It was probably a little while ago, but I, I, he, he seemed very, he was one of the people, he seems very skeptical. And I think he's, he represents a lot of, your own son actually represents a lot of the people in, in society that they just don't, uh, they um, yeah, maybe you can talk about that because that's like it's interesting that, that, that there's a, a certain um, not wanting to know necessarily too, right? Yeah. Hmm. I, um, I, you know, one of the reasons I was happy to do that um, was hmm. simply because in many families, if so, only one person has memory of having experiences, and their partner or their wife or the kids 
they are very isolated because they can't talk about it mm. because they don't want to hear it. And it may be because they're scared or it may be they just really don't want to know because they're afraid you're going crazy or whatever it is. Mm. So um, to have to explain a little bit of what that's like and to show the dynamics of it was why I agreed to do the whole documentary. My son actually isn't as skeptical as he appeared. Mm. Um, let's put it like that. Yes. But he played, you know, he played the part very well mm. um, in the sense that he was saying, now show me the proof. I need the proof. And, right. and that is exactly what's the problem for so many having experiences. Because what we've discovered with our surveys in that 4,000 to 300 people was 75% of their interactions were out of body. So how do you explain that to someone who's still struggling to believe we're spirit and that we go out of body and we mm -hmm. can travel with our consciousness and all of that if you're a scientist well how do you prove that so what we've discovered uh, is so important now is to get the science behind it mm -hmm. in other words what is the science of consciousness how do we understand consciousness and, you know, you've got the, you know, the astrophysicists and they're talking about the quantum hologram and, you know, the matrix and quantum mechanics and whatever. And so there's really serious research now going on to actually look into what is consciousness and how, how do, you know, because you and I know that for the last two or 300 years, Cartesian theory, particularly in Western world was, we're just a physical container, you know, mm. we're just a body once we die that's the end of it which is such nonsense because no. most of us most of us are aware of intuition the feeling the knowing some of us will see spirits some of us will have interactions with them you know a whole range of some you know will have experiences near death experiences healing experiences where they seal their energy or whatever all of these things give us wonderful illustrations that we're more than our physical body but the, the scientists still are at that point where they're trying to decide whether or not to accept that this is possible the problem for me as a therapist working with someone who is having experiences is that we have a in western world a modern psychology that doesn't allow you to have those experiences you can only look at your five senses and say that's that's all you have when mm. it's total nonsense because we are far more than our physical senses. Mm. And so one of the things that I help with is people as they're having experiences with these beings opening up, they're starting to see balls of light. They may feel energies. They may feel presences. They may have downloads of information, for example. They may find themselves knowing things like higher physics, cosmology, mm origin of the species suddenly being aware of all of this because it's been a download or they've been shown on the craft or this kind of thing. So my, my work has been, how can I help you work with that and feel confident about it? Mm. So I can give them an operating system because they're, 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 their operating system has got put in the cupboard most of their lives simply because they're told it's not real. So we have to get out the cupboard and say, nah, this is actually real. Let me show you how it all comes together again. Let me remind you of how it works hmm. so I can help them reconnect to how it all will operate so that they can then get their answers. You know, they can tap into their team, their hmm. higher self, you know, and all of this so that they can get to understand who are you? Why are you with me? What's the purpose of our interaction? You know, what do I need to know? What is my mission? What is my purpose? All those things that they've been buzzing around in their head and wondering how they're going to get answers to it. They may get it through hypnosis and I do regressions where I can take them on board craft and I can get them having a dialogue on board craft because once they're in that space, that altered state, there's no time or space. So they go there, they're seeing the beings and they say, but I want to know about why They've been picking me up all my life. And I'll say, well, ask them then. Hmm. And because they're on board craft and they're seeing the beings, I'll say, is one very familiar? They'll say, there's always one that's familiar. Right, that's the one that you ask. 
What are they saying? Oh, they're telling me this, this, and this. What else do you want to ask them? I want to ask whether it's happening to, you know, um, what other things are happening to me. What, right, ask them then. Hmm. So they can have a dialogue in that space, in hypnosis, to get all the answers that they've been seeking for many, many years. And that is how they get the understanding. Oh, so that's the reason why you do this. Oh, okay. So now you understand, right. So they're in a completely different place, but they can continue that. Hmm. You know, when they come out of it and they say, well, how did that all happen? Simply because you're ready to start asking questions and work with that higher consciousness that you have. And hmm. you have the ability to dialogue with these beings, just as Bashar comes in. It doesn't have to be, you know, a complete trance. It can be overshadower or it can be your clairvoyance and your clairaudience. All you're doing then is an acknowledging that information as it's coming in and saying, who's the source of it? Who are you? And mm -hmm. start asking those questions. It's really pretty simple. You know, yeah. it's not science. No, it, it, it's interesting because um, we always think that has something, have some, you need some sort of technology in order to, we have to create something in the outside world to give us a tool in order to communicate with other beings or to get from point A to point B. But it sounds like we've already been programmed. We have everything we need within our body and our consciousness, of course, to transport our, our astral body wherever we wish. And uh, I think uh, the awareness aspect is interesting because um, there's the conscious awareness and then there's the, just the, like the de facto kind of, you see people who actually are operating on a higher level, but they're not even aware of it sometimes too. I guess, you know, that's like, uh, and maybe you're making them more conscious of that. Like, well, don't you realize that you already are communicating with these beings? I mean, you're just not taking it, you know, incorporating it. Um, that, 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 that's, and do you also get like um, intuitive guidance? Like, do you hear voices from your guides or how, how does that work when you're interacting? How do I know how to help them, you mean? Yes. Um, because I've experienced it hmm. and I spent three years training how to do it hmm. amongst a group um, two of them were clinical psychologists so I was in good company so hmm. if I was going crazy they were going crazy too um, but it was coming from really all of this opening up to the guidance who are who who is there for me what form are you why are you with me? What's our links? What's our soul journey together? All those things, getting to know them. Because one of the, the many intuitives and psychics, when they may even do readings and what have you, but not necessarily always know who it is they're working with. So I say, well, the very first of all, you need to know who you're working with. You know, who's your best friend? You know, at the moment, you're talking to them through a wooden door. Don't you think you ought to open the door and find out who they are? and why they're with you and what's their connection to you and all these things so that you've got a really solid understanding of who you're working with and why they're with you and why they're helping you. So that's the first thing. Secondly, who else is in the team? Because you won't just have, you know, the life guide often as a team that is supporting you. Don't you want to know who they are and, you know, get to introduce yourself to them. So my work is showing them how to bring that into a, into a more um, conscious reality. So they don't have to go and just wait for the downloads or wait for inspiration. They can start actively communicating and saying, I'd like to know about this. I need to understand this or whatever. Mm. But my, you know, my training enabled me to have confidence in it because I tested everything and they needed to prove themselves to me. And if I didn't understand it, they had to show me some other way. But through that, it enabled me then to show others how it works and to get, you know, to help them have confidence in it as well. Mm. We have all of this. We're born with it. Mm. The trouble is, as you know, we're programmed not to listen to it, not to uh, accept it. It's not safe. Demons will get you. You'll go crazy, particularly some religious, some religions, you, you know, heaven forbid you actually try and connect to source yourself without a priest or a minister in the, in the middle of it. Well, you know, um, but really, I believe that's our heritage. Mm. Our heritage is to connect to our super conscious higher self and the teams that come into the non-physical support network that help mm. us all through our lives. 
Who are you? Why are you there? What do you offer me? Um, I want to know about this. I want to understand what I need, what, what will help me with whatever the issue is. Once you get used to it, it becomes almost, it is second nature because you may find yourself going from left brain to right brain in a kind of, what I call a, a kind of dance. Mm. So, you know, you don't have to go into trance. You can mm. say, I just need to know about this. And you can be chatting about, you know, getting some tea tea and, and, and boiling the kettle. And they'll mm. come in and say, well, you need to just be aware of whatever. Oh, thanks a lot. And you're carrying on. The mm. There is no interruption and people don't even have to know right. that you've, you've had a conversation. You know, um, I often laugh when somebody comes to my session um, and they're sitting there very careful about what they're going to tell me in case Mary thinks they're crazy. <laughs> and, I, and I'm talking to my team saying, stay back. I just want to do the normal human stuff for a minute. Just just stay back here. Yeah. And they've got no idea that I'm having a conversation. <laughs> they're worried about Mary's going to think they're crazy, you know, and I'm just thinking there's part of me that chuckles because I know exactly what's going on. And then mm. can I tell her this? I wonder if I can tell her this and she won't think I'm too mad, you know, whatever. And I'm thinking, mm, you'd be surprised at what I'm prepared to hear. You can tell me about parallel lives. You can tell me about different timelines. You can tell me whatever you like, because mm. I understand. Um, and mm. that was important because mm. if I hadn't understood how it worked, how am I going to help someone who's opening up multidimensionally if I don't know how it works and, and you know, and understand that process? Mm. So, you know, prior to me reading the books about this, I, I had done my three years and I'd, you know, already been connecting and all the rest of it. So and then I did two years, you know, showing people how to do it. Mm. I, I worked with groups to show them, you know, how it all works. So some of my work may, you know, when someone wants answers, it may be either through hypnosis, if they mm -hmm. are not ready to do this consciously, or I will assess when they come, are you really ready to do this now and find your own answers without any help? And sometimes mm -hmm. that's exactly what is needed. So I'll say, you've got options. You can do this or you can do this. This one means you, you're off independently, you, you're connected. This one, you may take a little bit longer to, to get all, all your answers and your understanding, but both are effective depending on what you're ready for. So Worth. that's, yeah. yeah. So that's uh, more about me. No, it's very interesting. It's, uh, I mean, it's tailored to each individual, obviously what, what, what they're willing to accept. And I think um, it's interesting because like, what's that? What they're ready for. What they're ready for, yeah. It's, um, you know, when I, and I don't know your awakening experience, what it was like, or you just had this knowing for most of your life. But when I, when kind of, I just became aware, it was like uh, six years ago, it's just the information was in my reality, always coming towards me, you know, always there, the synchronicity and, and the people I was supposed to meet. And, and there wasn't necessarily um, an asking for guidance on my behalf it was more like um i okay i'm just gonna let go and see what comes and and just try to be non-judgmental about it and um but now i'm getting more at a stage where okay i'm, I'm a bit more interested in kind of yeah I, I, how do you say um i mean I, I, there's many different ways of looking at it like the the idea of creatorship for example we are creators of our own reality and then this would have this is the ultimate truth which goes beyond all the manifestations of truth and that that's where it's um i wonder sometimes if um the detour of going like the reason why some people don't um, connect so fully with other beings is that they're supposed to connect with their self, their higher self more. And that's, um, yeah, I don't know what you, what you feel about that. Cause I've, I've noticed that some people who in the community who do have these connections, sometimes they're not living a, a full life of joy either, you know, which I think is what we're here for. You know, it's like, uh, there's, um, it's all, it's on a, a whole range, but, you know, uh, what, what do you think about that? Like how, 
what is the ultimate message? You know, that's, that's kind of what, uh, you know, it, it, because it, 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 they're, they're, you know, cause I've, I've met people who've gotten, you know, very, how do you say, almost militaristic kind of <laughs> do this, do that kind of communications. Um, and, you know, you shouldn't do that. You should do this. And that doesn't seem quite right in the sense that we are the, the ultimate yeah. creator. And um, what is your, your feelings about that? <laughs> well, what I was taught was very much that the higher frequencies of, of loving beings don't tell you to do anything. Right. All they'll do is actually support you in how you choose to do things. So mm. there's no dict dictator there saying you need to do it this way or that way. In fact, that's a lower frequency um, mm. as far as I'm concerned. Mm. When I learned about this, it was Mary, what's your intent? What do you want from us? And I said, I want the highest spiritual truths, mm. which is the frequency that I put out. I'm not interested in anything else. I, you know, I don't want to know if I'm well, going to be wealthy when I'm whatever or not interested. I want the highest spiritual truth I can access. So all the beings that I interact with have to come from that frequency. None of them will ever tell me to do anything. They will suggest there are different ways to do things and whatever feels right for me, then they will support it or they will help me with it. So it's my journey. It's my um it's my choices that I will make always along the line. And anyone who starts to get bossed about by anyone that says they're this, that, and the other, no, sorry, mate, they're not what they say they are because they wouldn't be bossing you about and telling you what to do because that's not respecting you because there's no such thing as a hierarchy as far as I'm concerned. They are all equal. So if one's talking down to you saying I'm better than you, mm. I wouldn't be having a lot to do with them. And this is all about discernment, isn't it? This right. is about, you know, are you discerning and resonating to the highest truth? Mm. Because if you're in fear, you're going to attract a fear frequency. If you're in ego, the same thing ha happens. Mm. You're going to get that frequency which will play with your ego. So you need to get past both of those mm. to get to a point where you realize, not in an egocentric way, that you're equal, but as a soul, we're all equal. Right. Just some are more awake than others. That's all. That's the only difference is some have chosen to incarnate less awake than others, but there is absolutely no difference in the value of both and what they're doing on this planet and their soul journey. So yeah. that's how I understand it. So mm. you, know, you can take it or leave it. Yeah, no, it's, uh, and then it's interesting because the, the question is how does one, so there was for me the, the idea of self-realization it, it's kind of like a a process that happens where we're going on no matter what we can't like change the path we're on i mean we just you can resist it a little bit maybe i mean bashar uses the example of you're going down a pathway you can you can jump around you can go left and you know in the pathway slow but it's still it's you're going down that path <clears throat> the human mind wants to know, i think know where exactly it's going and wants to yeah. by its very nature it's been created to you know have some sort of rationale between you know a b c but living in this quantum reality that's that's what we're projecting upon is this linearity and then and just like oh every option is available obviously it doesn't make sense to be jumping around into different multi you know dimensional paths because that just confuses the human mind and i think that we want to take the human mind on a journey but it's more of a journey of more and more trust more and more allowing more and more just wonder at like okay or I, I thought i had to deal with these issues they were never issues <laughs> you know which is very fascinating because you're like all that stuff that we've been like focused on you know it's just literally distractions from the truth of the matter that and we see that truth in nature i mean nature has no plan you know the kid the animals are not we're, we're the only creatures here that seem to you know worry about tomorrow and think about yesterday is the dog you know unless it's been interacting with humans it's not worried about the future necessarily it's not thinking about the past and you know and, yeah, but yeah. 
but we have this paradox that we want, I think, to have had that experience that the dog never can have at the same time. Yeah, live in that bliss that a dog can live in too. And, and, and just like, just be in the moment, follow its, its nose, its instinct. And, you know, it's, it's uh, you know, and then I not necessarily, sometimes the guidance that's given, I think it doesn't won't need to be known what it, that non-physical being is because often it is a it doesn't even have a name you know i think it's like the, 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 this idea of locality and 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 body and and this is just for us you know yeah i think abraham hicks also talked about like um how esther was wanted to see abraham right and uh you know and there's no you know it's just filled the room with light you know and 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 uh it's in, and other people saw Abraham X, um, when, as an angel or, you know, it's whatever you wish to the energy to look like. I think that's, uh, you know, it's our, you know, our freedom. It's just well, when I give it the highest, most loving understanding and, and it'll, but it will never be, you know, from a human perspective, we can just not do justice uh because it just limits i think anything that's a concept or form is obviously just going to be limiting that which is limitless you know consciousness just is expansive it's just you know i, I was looking at the the picture behind you uh the the yeah it's well okay now i see the rest of it nice okay uh it's with the labyrinth and i think that the the idea of a labyrinth is definitely the human mind, isn't it? I mean, the brain itself looks like a labyrinth and it's like, you know, um, yeah, the, the, the going down these passageways, it's just, you know, kind of like the, the channeled passageways over so many centuries and millennia that we've been doing things one way. And now we're being told to let go of that and just, you know, go with the, <laughs> The universal flow but uh at the same time the human mind is brain is definitely interpreting things in a fear-based manner i think a lot of times i mean i know for myself every time there's been like up in consciousness there's always some sort of fear associated with that you know it's always like a little bit of okay what does this actually mean i mean uh i'm, I'm guessing for you as well that you've have you noticed that uh that um i mean we can deal with fear in a more easy way, it was, but it's still always going to be part of a reality. It's always going to be, um, you know, I think, um, yeah, just the, the, the association, oh, this is death, you know, that's, that's, it's obvious that if you're behind on a payment, it doesn't mean inevitable death. I mean, it's usually, you know, it resolves itself. <laughs> it's, it's been in my experience in this reality. It's just, um, um yeah and i have to think the channel material that i've you know I, I i think it can come from ourselves and we can obviously channel but for some people it's like at least in the beginning stages it feels like we need a something from the out on the outside that's telling us in a kind of authoritative not authoritative but more of how do you say a knowing certainty that you you can feel that certainty you know it's like um to hold that frequency of um, and that's what you've, you've, I, I, you've had done dealt with a lot of challenges, right? And you just, uh, do you have, a, do you, I mean, can you can confirm that there, there's, there's an art to it too, that of, uh, there's good ones, there's average ones, and there's some that are not too good right. and you get to know, and it, it depends on how good they are at shutting down left brain and allowing mm. as a conduit information to come through without editing it and the ones that are very good are very good at that they are very clear that they're not letting in any any conscious thoughts in that process of bringing in the information mm. and some some are not very good at it you know but we were we were shown how how to do that and one of the things that for me to make sure i didn't do that was it would come out really fast mm. so fast that my left brain couldn't work out what was being said. So it could have been a load of rubbish for all I knew mm. because I literally couldn't monitor any of it because it was the only way to feel um, confident that it wasn't me. Mm. And that was important to me to know that, you know, the source. And 
what we were taught to recognize energetic signatures. So in other words, your life guide will have one energetic signature. The team, one of your guides, each one would have a different energetic signature. So you would know who they were through that mm -hmm. signature. But also you would be shown maybe clairvoyantly the form they wished you to see. I'm saying that because they can be anything they want to right. be. <laughs> you know? um, so they'll show you whatever they think is, is, is useful. They mm. may or may not have a name or they may have a frequency. So that's the other thing. Um, and then it's about knowing <laughs> how people will relate to you or show you stuff or connect with you or whatever. Um, and for me, it was really important to know that difference between my left brain um, working and my right brain so that I was very clear it wasn't anything to do my conscious thinking and once you get to know the difference then it's it's pretty straightforward and what's wonderful is so many now are you know are allowing that to happen and have the trust in that to allow that information through the main thing though is who are you bringing through how do you know the integrity of the information and that is through the integrity and the um, value that's in that information. Again, if it's telling you what to do all the time, then it's not really the best kind of conduit for, for you, um, mm. if it's starting to dictate to you and what have you. So it's like who you listen to, you know, when you're listening to, you know, um, any, any kind of spiritual teacher, some will resonate with you better than others. Right. And you'll say, right, I love Bashar because he's down to earth. He's, it's a funny thing to say, isn't it? Down to earth. But mm -hmm. he is. He says it as it is. He No messing, you know, and I like that. That right. suits me. I've heard other channels where the information is a bit too floaty for me. You know, it's a little bit too not very tangible type. Right. Um, and I struggle with that because I, I for me, I, we are in a 3D reality. We, st we can't run away from that. No. So we've still got to be grounded. And in fact, when you operate multidimensional, you need to be more grounded, not less, I believe, right. to hold the frequencies that you're tapping to. But everyone will be drawn to the information that fits for them, that resonates for them. That's what we're doing all the time. Right. Who do we listen to? Why do we listen to this person and not this person? It's simply because that frequency fits our frequency and this one doesn't. And that's cool. That's why we have so many different viewpoints and perspectives. And it's all perfect. Right. You know, it's just not necessarily all for you because no. you've got your, they've got theirs. Yeah. I think there's a, there's also a, a natural progression, as you said, like, it's like, it doesn't end necessarily this, you know, uh, the ideas themselves evolve as one evolves as well. And so this, um, my introduction maybe to a lot of stuff was, you know, through positive psychology and philosophy and, you know, Tony Robbins. And then, and then you go to Eckhart Tolle and, and you, you know, you know, this kind of progression of like, okay, um, I, in order to get in my interest into the idea of self-development and to become aware of the self. And then, you know, it's like it had to serve me, but it was an incomplete picture of, you know, what will always be in some sense incomplete from our perspective. I think it's, we just cannot comprehend completely. I mean, we can touch into it and feel it, you know, and just know, but at the same time realize that truth is not, you know, the words and the, this, this construct that humans have created because, you know, that's not a tree, you know, no matter how much we say, I see a tree in front of me, that's not a tree, you know, on, its, on a fundamental level. And it's, it's, um, it's convenient, but it's limiting, you know, for example. And I think that's what we're dealing with. Yeah. I mean, I, I read a book many years ago on metaphysics um, mm. and it was, um, I've forgotten the title exactly, but I remember the first chapter of this wonderfully wise soul who wrote it. And he said, I've been reluctant to write a book on metaphysics, he said, because my understanding will have completely changed by the time I've written this book, because that's the process. And mm. I remember thinking, well, that's quite fascinating. And that's what I found is that, you know, I often ch chuckle and say, well, my reality at the moment is this particular ice flow, which makes sense for me. But I know the more, more I learn and grow, that's going to melt and I'm going to have to create a new one. 
because right. that one's no longer serving me. And it's a continuous process of jumping from one ice flow to the next one as they melt, as you get more information. And hmm. that's what, you know, makes sense to me is because when you, you stop in a particular place and say, well, this is it now. Well, then it's over for you, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. You know, you, you, you've stopped yourself growing and embracing more and more of what you don't know, which right. is ahead of Hmm. This this idea of natural curiosity, you know, and the idea of the curiosity killed the cat, which uh, which is kind of a ridiculous idea, you know. It's like, uh, <laughs> you know, ours, and, and and at the same time, all the, you know, if you think about it, all the people who we like put up there as being geniuses, and you know, they all have their little stories on the side where they they had to kind of, you know, how do you say, go where nobody else has gone before, and what does that mean? every time it means you know being excluded from people's you know you know and being put down and you know and it's been uh you know you just have to mention tesla and, and all you know but it can be anyone i mean also steve jobs all these guys that you know are very innovative and it's like I, I definitely think that there's something that yes we should when that happens we should welcome it i think like okay it doesn't mean we're going crazy or we're just, you know, following our natural curiosity, no matter what the world says. And isn't that a wonderful thing? You know, if, you, if, if the world agrees with you, then you know you're not necessarily on the right path. I mean, like at least on the forefront of thought, the forefront of thought's always going to be a step ahead of, you know, the normal. And the normal is, I think, you know, this communication is becoming more normal, you know, like just being able to talk about these topics is like, I think uh, the internet obviously has accelerated it and allowed for it to just, um, and you were mentioned before, I, I go back to the, like when you were just the dissemination of information, for instance, that um, that little I say documentary that the German mm -hmm. team did with you, yeah. how it was a bit of, of set up a little bit, like, and I've, I've noticed that, yeah, there is always that we want to have an entertainment value you want you know we know what's best for the viewers and we're going to edit things in a certain way and then this little idea of podcasting and just put the interview out there one-to-one -one, basically you know maybe cut the beginning or the end but you want no matter what you that's the that's that's what truth is for me it's just like you just put it out there it's all th it's not trying to be something it's not you know and like and that's slightly lying when, when it's lying but i mean like you know, even I, it's, it's, it's kind of like, okay, uh, yeah, well, it's acting, of course. And, you know, it's, it's like, well, that, that's, that was our whole news, the whole, you know, since news has been invented, it's always been some sort of staging of events to make it more to sell revenue, to sell advertising, you know, and if you, if you think about that, then why are you still going to the news? Why, it should be just totally debunked <laughs> a, a, a lot of it it's just like you know um yeah you know even when it's talking about it, you know these are facts that's very dangerous you know I say the, this is the fact no this is not this is not the facts it's not the absolute this is not you know uh and, and all the stuff with even you know in the headlines now it's like for us you know as people kind of aware we're like we just have to be kind of it seems like just be non-judgmental and see what's what happens has to be for us, you know, and, you know, not a good getting on the bandwagon, you know, although sometimes it's kind of tempting, you know, we think, okay, there's, there's a better and there's a, a right and there's, you know, there's a wrong, but then you're like, well, you know, is it, we've been, I think we've learned that uh, we don't know what's going on, really, you know, if anything, especially when it comes I from these, these sources. Yeah. And I think this is why it's so important now for people to really start trusting their own resonance to truth, because mm. there's so much information out there that many people are really confused. The sources they used to trust are, are showing not to be reliable anymore. Mm. We're finding out that things are manipulated yeah. all the time. All the time. So the only way that we're going to get any sense of truth is through this resonance of ourselves because mm. we can't even look at people we might have trusted once and thought oh well they always tell the truth well we find that often then they're not <laughs> that you know that 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 everything is being 
changed and altered to set for a certain uh, agenda. Mm. So the only thing we can do now is trust this resonance that we have to truth that we, and I say that we were all born with that. We all have an ability to connect to that inner core of ourselves that says, this feels right. This feels mm. right for me and whatever. And we're having to do that now because there's no source that you can say is absolute because we don't know. Right. We really don't know. Mm. And so that's been the, the shift in awakening, I think, is people realizing that they, they've got to have to trust themselves now, that mm. they can't go and look at this person or that person or that government or that whatever they used to trust because it's no longer trustworthy. Right. So, you know, it's, it, it's forcing us to be empowered. And mm. I think that's actually a very positive thing. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I think that's perhaps a good note to end the podcast on. Um, I think that it's, you, you know, that's, it's, that there's definitely a, how do you say, just the embracing of how powerful we are, at least from our perspective, is really what's being, we're being called to do. And that's why perhaps just realizing that, you know, yeah, we, we, we're on this, the ship you know, and, and other people on the ship too, but nobody is necessarily, at least from the ego perspective, the captain, it's just like, <laughs> you know, it's, we have to kind of realize, oh, okay. And that's uh, a bit scary, but exciting at the same time. Yeah. And uh, Mary, uh, how can uh, people find out more about you? Well, they can Google Mary Rodwell, or they can go to hmm. my website, which is a Um That's or my Facebook. They just go, you know, go onto Facebook and I'm up there as well. So there's lots of different ways, Messenger, all of those ways. I'm not hard to find. No, that's great that you're accessible. And uh, yeah, I definitely encourage people to search you out and seem like you're doing some great work and definitely needed. I think that um, you're giving people a framework to deal with things that society doesn't want to talk about uh, or platform of some sort that does, that is a beautiful thing. And uh Kudos to you and uh, continued success. Thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you mm -hmm. for inviting me.